Welcome to the Impact Consulting Podcast. I'm your host, Molly, and today we're delighted to present Cindy Meyer, a passionate consultant who supports nonprofits and social enterprises to strategically accelerate social impact, grantsmanship, and capacity building. In this episode, Cindy shares the story of her consulting journey, including some of the challenges and wins, as well as advice for other consultants. So without further ado, let's jump in. Hello, I'm here with Cindy Meyer. And well, Cindy, I'll just let you introduce yourself. So where are you and what is it that you do? Okay, well, I founded CA Mayer Consulting um, in 2020, sort of 2019, 2020. Um, And we are a excuse me, a comprehensive capacity building firm uh, working to help organizations achieve their maximum social impact. We specialize in external funding strategy development, grant writing and prospecting, um, and infrastructure development. Great. That's a, uh, it's a very clear uh, introduction. I like it, a very detailed one as well. So I think that's a great start at the IC Hub. We're always encouraging consultants to really nail that opening pitch. And I think you've done that. So people can take a page out of your book. Oh, well, thank you, Molly. That's kind of nice to hear because that's the one area where I struggle is that opening pitch. Um, but I, I, clearly I'm getting a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's very normal. I think especially because most of us are multi-talented, multi-passionate, and then, yeah, trying to condense everything down to just one little intro is hard. So, so I think it's a, it's a common challenge that we all have. Yeah, and about location, where are you from and where are you currently based? I am currently based in New Jersey and in the United States. I am in the north northern region of the state. Uh, New Jersey, although it's very small, is segmented by northern, central, and southern. And so I'm in the northern region of, of the state. However, I work with clients throughout the U.S., but I'm also open to working with clients abroad. And I actually look forward to it. Just to get a sense of your story, so how long have you been consulting and what was kind of your journey that led you into consulting? Okay, Molly, well, how much time do you have now? (laughs) I started thinking about establishing the business in 2019. I was actually working as a volunteer coordinator for a nonprofit organization. And that really wasn't in my wheelhouse, if you will. My background is in grant writing and development. And I was just sort of out of my element. So when I lost that job in November of 2019, I decided to go full force into uh, creating my own business. And then lo and behold, COVID hit. We were on a lockdown situation and it gave me plenty of time to plan, register the business, market the business. And so that's exactly what I did. I got to tell you, it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. And I don't know why I didn't make the decision to do this 15 years ago. I really enjoy writing. Grant writing is my wheelhouse. Again, development, consulting. As far as consulting, how long have I been consulting? Much longer than I've been getting paid to do it. 
I think uh, that's very common as well for, in the, I think in the fundraising space is I give a lot of advice and things like that for free mm-hmm. because everybody needs it. It's so necessary and it's such an urgent need as well. And there's all these great causes out there. So you start doing it for free out of the goodness of your heart. But at some point, yeah, it's good I'm, to make a business of it. Yeah. And I'm very mission driven and I have more than one passion. So I have more than one mission that I'm passionate about. What I love about this business is I get to help advance so many worthy causes, people doing really good work and making a real impact. And um, I just really enjoy that. So it made sense for me to get back into the area that uh, professionally that I'm most comfortable. Just on that note, uh, what would you say is a typical project for you? So the bulk of my business is grant writing, but I also find myself doing a lot of program development. So that's, those are the typical projects. And I work with all types of organizations, large and small, really try to help position my clients to make the best impact or the, the maximum impact that they can. And do you have a preference for smaller clients, bigger clients, somewhere in the middle, or you're just open to everyone? I'm pretty open to everyone. I do enjoy working with the smaller and younger nonprofits just because they're moldable. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're usually generally very open to recommendation and eager to get that information, to get, you know, uh, suggestions and recommendations and advice on how to grow. And so I really find that to be rewarding, but I'm really open to any and all. And and again, I'm a very mission-driven person. So if I'm connected to the mission, the size of your organization or budget doesn't necessarily matter to me. Yeah. I also find that a difficult question to answer because I think there's kind of pluses and minuses to both sides. Big, big ones obviously have this uh, history. They have it. They're a bit more seasoned, a bit more mature, but then the young ones, um, the smaller ones, I feel there's kind of, you get to wear different hats, you get to be, there's something exciting about being part of that startup phase of the journey. But obviously it's also the small ones, as much fun as it is to be in that opening phase, there's all, always the frustrations of growing pains and feeling like you're explaining things again and again and kind of being like, this is how it is, unfortunately, in the fundraising world. You know, I yeah. wish I could change it, but it's, it's how it is. Yeah. So kind of going back to when you got started, I guess maybe when you actually started as a, as a business and how did you get your first client? How did you kind of get your foot in the door? Actually, my first client uh, came from an app called Fiverr. Are you nice. familiar? <laughs> I, I am. Yeah. I use Fiverr. I, I would say I'm not an avid user, but I've used it for uh, kind of illustration things or kind of small pieces of work. It's a really handy way of getting help on something, you know, because obviously I don't have a team and a lot of times I don't have the technical skills to do something. So it's nice to have. So I, I just started working on Fiverr and I did that for about six months. And then once I started working with clients on Fiverr, I felt comfortable enough to start to market my business. And when I did that, the first place I started was LinkedIn. Uh, Probably about 85% of the clients I work with today come from LinkedIn. 
referrals from LinkedIn, either through my network or they find me on LinkedIn or word of mouth. But so that's how I got started. And LinkedIn has been my best friend ever since. And I shouldn't rule out Facebook because I've also gotten uh, some business there, but the majority has come from LinkedIn. It's really interesting. And if someone's listening and maybe they thought about setting up on Fiverr, would you recommend it as a seller? Do you think that that was uh, a good place to get started? Or would you recommend maybe putting their energy into LinkedIn or Facebook, one of the social media platforms or, or networking? I would suggest putting the time and energy into the social media to start. I could have saved a lot of time had I just started with that. But, you know, you don't know what you don't know at the time. Exactly. Yeah. I would definitely suggest to anyone starting out to start with LinkedIn. Look to your network, right? Because they're already within your sphere. Um, Look to those people network first and foremost. But would I recommend Fiverr? Yes. I had a good experience on Fiverr. But again, uh, if I could do it all over again, I would definitely start with LinkedIn. My next question is to is a little bit more high level. I just want to know what are the three things, three top things that you like about being a consultant? Where do I start? I find it especially rewarding when I connect with a client that's open to new ideas and innovations, right? Um, because not everybody is receptive to that kind of thing. Um, so that's really re- rewarding. I love that aspect. I like working with different people and meeting different people. Um, I I don't like the mundane, typical nine to five. You go to a job, you're doing the same thing day after day after day. Um, I like having my hands in different pots, learning new things, learning new organizations. And I also like the flexibility. I'm weird in that my hours can be a little bit weird um, because they can be. And because um, I'm kind of a night owl, sometimes an insomniac, and those are great times to get work done. So I enjoyed that aspect as well. But most importantly, I think I enjoyed the flexibility, being able to determine my work hours. And I also like working with different causes and helping to advance different causes. So yeah, I think those are the things that I, I like the most. Yeah, absolutely. I I can agree with both of those. I think I've heard that from a lot of consultants. And it's also why a lot of people get into consulting in the first place is that flexibility. And then also that kind of control of your time and then also the control of what causes you're working with. So you can work with a wider variety. You can choose more. You can say no to projects you don't want to work on. And, And then but I also have to go on to the darker side. So what are the three things that you dislike about being a consultant? I don't know if I can come up with three things that I dislike. There's not a whole lot that I dislike about being a consultant, but there are things that I do find challenging. One thing I find challenging is saying no. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of my contractors always says that I have a bleeding heart for um, mission-driven organizations. That might be a stretch. But what I will say is that, especially in the early stages of starting this business, I didn't know how to say no to a client or a prospective client. I just didn't know how to say no. And I unfortunately um, ended up working 
sometimes with organizations that just weren't not ready. So I had to learn, I had to kind of restructure to put systems in place um, so that I make the best match that I can actually work with a client. It's my goal to make sure that all of my clients are successful. Um, and I'm a little selfish too, because I want to be successful. So it's, it's been a challenge in turning away clients. First of all, who wants to turn away business, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but I had to find that balance where you have to say no sometimes when a client is not ready for the consulting process, right? It's a two-way street and not everybody thinks that. Turning away business is tough. And in the beginning stages, I wasn't sure I was supposed to do that. But now I know, and I am very thorough in vetting prospective clients today for that reason, because I want them to be successful. And sometimes that means referring them to somebody else. And that was, that was a hard lesson to learn. I, I'm actually curious about other consultants, if they have the same experience, but I think with fundraising, it's a very specific, you know, a lot of organizations know that they need funds, but they maybe don't always understand the process to go from having no network, no prospects, to building a pipeline, to understanding the space to doing a grant application, to actually getting funding. It's a very long process. It's a lot of work. And so yeah. I think sometimes I hire a fundraising consultant and they go, okay, well, you'll just show up and, and bring bags of money in, in your hands. You know, <laughs> you just show up on the first day of work with a bag of money and toss it to us and we don't have to do anything. And yes. that's, you know, that's kind of the mentality I've had with some potential clients, usually on the side of things where they haven't done fundraising so they think oh it's just easy you just get a grant you know you just do crowdfunding you just do whatever and it it, it isn't it doesn't quite work like that also sometimes people don't understand that it's a two-way street right um there's things that the client has to do on their part you can't just go to someone and say hey you, you know uh write this grant for me or you know raise ten thousand dollars for me no it's a process. It's a two-way street. It's a collaborative process. And I always look at my approach to working with clients now is I look at it as an iceberg. Grant writing is only, or excuse me, grant writing or development is only the tip of the iceberg. And when you think about an iceberg, 10% is above water. 90% is below. You can't just take care of what's above water. You have to take care of that 90% as well. Um, and a lot of times clients don't understand that. And so sometimes you ask me about um, what I don't like about consulting. And I won't say I don't like this, but what I will say is sometimes it is challenging to get an organization to understand that you, you can't just take care of that 10%. We have to take care of the, the 90% as well. And so that's, that's sometimes a challenge. I completely agree. I really like that image of the iceberg. I think that's very apt, especially for fundraising. I would be curious to see how it applies to other consulting positions like, you know, what Loxanne does. But I think as fellow fundraisers, I think we definitely have had that shared experience. Um, but I really like that analogy. Uh, I can't take credit for it. Actually, 
my uh, one of my contractors, her husband, we, we call him our honorary uh, consultant. Um, and we were talking about that yesterday about grant writing and it being iceberg, like the only part of the, the equation and that iceberg analogy came up. So I can't take full credit for that. So what are your next steps as a consultant and how do you see your consulting career progressing from here? That's such an interesting question. And I you asked, I see my business growing in the area of um, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'm noticing that a lot in the philanthropic community now, people want to know what you're doing, what your organization is doing to address DEI, right? They're at starting to ask, you know, what's the demographic makeup of your board of directors? Okay, well, my clients answer that. <laughs> and it's generally not very diverse and not representative of the communities or constituents that they serve. And so now the, the second question or the follow-up question I'm finding is, well, what are you doing um, to address that? And I don't think enough organizations are addressing that issue. Now, I say that, but I do have a client that I'm working with, wonderful historic theater in Morris County, New Jersey, um, actually close to me. So I have a, a great affinity for this particular client. And they have put steps in place to address that. They have DEI committee. Um, they are working to diversify their board. They just, I believe, extended invitations to a few additional people. So they are proactively or have been proactively um, um, looking to address that, that area. And I don't know that enough organizations are doing that. Um, so I see my, my business moving in that area in some capacity. And it's important as a woman of color, it's very important to me, but it's also becoming uh, uh, um, important to, again, the philanthropic community, right? Grant makers want to be sure that the organizations they support are doing what they can to be inclusive. And uh, I see that as being really, really important um, to the nonprofit sector moving forward. That, yeah, donors are more aware of that and organizations are becoming more aware as well. So it's, it's a good change to see in the sector. They'll put systems in place to be more inclusive in hiring. And that's great. But you need to be more inclusive in your leadership. You need to have different ideas and mindsets at the table when you're making decisions about the direction an organization. And I think diversity is important. It's representative of our world, right? So um, I think organizations need to do a better job at diversifying their board governance. And so that's where I see myself working to help organizations not only diversify, but also put in place plans for tracking retention and, and doing things like exit interviews so that they can do continuous improvement. And here I, I, I speak it and I put my map, money where my mouth is, sort of, so to speak. So I was asked to be on the board of directors for an organization. And the first thing I asked was, what, what's the demographic makeup of your board of directors? So if I'm asking that question, I bet others are too. 
I say all that to say that I see myself or I see this business going in that in that direction. So my last question is the big one, and that is how can people find out more about you and connect with you? And if you'd also like to mention your website, it would be a good time to mention that as well. Yes, I'm so happy to mention my website because I am launching our new and improved website today. We went through a very long, grueling process to redesign this, reconfigure everything on the site, um, make it a little more simple. So anyway, it's launching today and you can find me at www.camayorconsulting.com. That's www.c as in Cindy, A as in Apple, Mayer, M-A-Y-E-R, consulting.com. Um, you can also contact me by phone, 973-761-2090 or shoot me an email at C as in Cindy, M-A-Y-E-R at consulting.com. Perfect. Yeah. And we'll also include all that information in the show notes. So hopefully people will be able to find you and connect with you. That's all my questions for today. So thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your expertise. I'm sure all our listeners appreciated it. I know I certainly did. Thank you so much. It was one, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the Impact Consulting Podcast. If you want more free advice and guidance on becoming a freelance consultant in the social impact and international development space, head to impactconsultinghub.com and subscribe to our mailing list. We'd love to see how we can help. Thanks again for tuning in and see you next time.